Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Transfer Insight Show. Kind of. I mean, it's a little bit like our Transfer Insight Show, except... It's a bit of a twist because uh, we're doing a more loan direct look at William Saliba and getting info on kind of how and where he's at right now. And to do that, I'm joined by French football expert Jeremy Smith. How you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. I'm just, I'm bored without football. It's been, uh, it's ridiculously long. I think it's 15 days now, Arsenal, since Arsenal last played. It's what happens when you get knocked out of the FA <laughs> up in the third round and then all your games are postponed so uh, yeah it's been a little bit of a drought but it's been enjoyable watching Marseille at least they're a, they're a team that definitely guarantee you entertainment in their fixtures with the kind of chaos of of some of their games your Jorge Sampaoli certainly adding uh, a little bit of verve to, to them this season and William Saliba's flourished uh, under him and in this system as well and has looked really good but I'll leave the uh, explanation as to, as to how he's really been up to you, mate. So just tell us Arsenal fans what kind of how and he's been up to. Well, it's funny you say that um, Marseille have been entertaining because, I mean, this weekend aside, they were sort of 2-0 down after about 10 minutes, 2 mm-hmm. all after about 20, and then ended up winning 5-2. So, yeah, that one was definitely entertaining. But actually, for a lot of the season... You know, the season started with them playing really flamboyant football and everyone was like, oh, you know, they're going to score a shed load and it's just a question. I think of- that's what I'm fixating on, to be honest. <laughs> Those first few games, yeah. The 3-1 yeah. formation, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, for Arsenal fans, they probably should be fixated not on the first few because I think we all thought from the way that the season started, you know, they'll be conceding lots of goals, they'll just score more. It'd be, you know, that kind of football. Mm. But actually, you look at their, their stats and... Um, okay, after conceding two at the weekend, they're no longer sort of number one in the in the defensive side. But until then, they were the, they had the best defensive record, I think, in Liga. And it's actually been the goal scoring that's been disappointing. Mm. And and so it hasn't necessarily been the most sort of flamboyant thing. You know, you take the Lyon match last weekend; they had a hell of a lot of possession and barely created anything. And and so you've got to kind of um, obviously look at the personnel in defence and obviously Saliba is um, I think he's played all but 90 minutes there's one match where he sat on the bench but otherwise he started and finished every match and he's the only defender who can say that he's been sort of shifted around I mean generally in central defence but you know he's played in a back two uh, back four and a back three as he's even filled in at right back when needed and so he's clearly the guy that that San Paoli is is putting the most faith in and it's generally being backed up when you look at Marseille's defensive stats mm. and when we spoke at the start of the season I remember we had a discussion kind of about the the ideology of spending 50 million pounds on Ben White when you've got kind of a player like William Saliba at your disposal and, and how much really you get from spending that much on someone that's not that far along in their development or, or what they're showing in comparison to, to Saliba. 
Do you think there is maybe an argument to suggest that this low move to Marseille has has been a in a weird way kind of justified Arsenal's decision to to ensure that he gets a season of minutes? I know you must feel like I'm twisting this in a very positive angle, but I do kind of believe after so many a couple of years at least where minutes were not forthcoming. He was at Saint-Étienne. He suffered with injuries. Then Liga was curtailed because of the pandemic. He returned to Arsenal. The chaos of that summer in 2020 happened where he was then in the other 23s for six months. And then he went to Nice online for six months. But this season kind of been the real first year where instead of coming in and, say, competing with Gabriel and Holding or another centre-back that they were going to sign, be it White or someone else, he's gone to Marseille and he's playing every single game and he's getting the benefits of that. I think, I mean, if the intention was always that he was going to barely get any minutes for Arsenal, then obviously going to somewhere like Marseille, getting loads of minutes, more experience is great. My only issue with it, which I've always said, is that I think he could have gone straight into that Arsenal first team and still done a brilliant job. So I don't, I'm not going to say Arsenal have been proved right by doing this because I think they'd have been proved right if they just played him full stop. But um, yeah, I mean, as I said, if he if he was never going to be a regular first teamer, then the best thing for everyone is to make sure he does get first team football at a top class club with a lot of sort of media exposure as well. So he gets to, used to that side as well. So, yeah, I think that that is to everyone's benefit and hopefully to Arsenal's benefit next year. What do you think the main difference has been from the six months he spent on loan with Nice and this season with Marseille? I don't, I don't, I'm not sure there has been a huge difference. I mean, he, he did a very good job in, at Nice as well. But obviously, as you said, that was coming off the back of um, not having played much for at least a year, if not 18 months, mm-hmm. and coming into a team where he, it's hard to remember considering how well Nice are doing this year, but a team that at the time was struggling and particularly in defence, like um, Dante had, had got a season-ending injury and, yeah. and they basically had a, a barely functioning defence. And he came in, granted, with Tadebo as well. He's obviously a decent partner. And mm. even though they're both sort of teenagers, they just completely transformed the defence. So, you know, the fact that he's got loads more matches and consistency under his belt maybe means that he's sort of performing at a consistently higher level. But it's just a sort of progression from what was at Nice anyway. Mm. One of the key things that I noticed in this season, though, is, is how... Kind of how his passing stands out from defenders that he's so progressive. I mean, when I was looking at his statistics as a gradually kind of the monthly updates and looking into him, his <clears> passes <throat> into the final thirds, even his passes into the box, like stand out amongst other defenders in Liga, not even just in Liga, but also in Europe. And he seems to be, if our Mikel Arteta wants a defender that's going to play out from the back as he did and why he brought in Ben White, who's done that very well this season, he seems to fit that mould perfectly. Yeah, I mean, even when he was at Saint-Étienne and, and, you know, literally a kid with with Mm. less than a handful of games um, under his belt, he was already doing that, which showed the, you know, the confidence and the ability. And obviously, with the confidence, there's always a sort of balance to be drawn with, you know, overconfidence. But um, he was always good with the ball at his feet, um, short and long passing. Yeah, good verticality and able to bring the ball forward himself. So... You know, he's got arguably a slightly disappointing sort of goal return. You, you expect a little bit more from someone that tall, at least some set pieces. But he's certainly comfortable sort of pushing higher up the pitch and, and finding that pass. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, when it comes down to kind of the areas of development in his game, I mean, I, I watched the, the Leon game and I thought up until the point when Dembele scored, he was excellent throughout the whole game. Um, but it is kind of those things that sometimes you spot in a, in a young 20-year-old or around that age figure that there are lapses in judgment. I, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a big Marseille fan and he felt like a, a more experienced player would have taken him out and just kind of considered that. I disagreed. I felt like a more experienced player would have kept the offside line in that moment and wouldn't have dropped in like Saliba did. He kind of just dropped and played Dembele onside in that movement and probably could have been a couple of yards further up to play him off. And then obviously Dembele did a brilliant bit of skill to kind of take the ball around him and score. But has there been other areas where you think that he needs to improve or needs to be a bit more composed in his decision-making? I think just very occasionally it feels like sometimes his concentration slips. Um, it's it's not at all a regular thing, but it, it could be that there's you know I remember a match earlier in the season against Lens where just a, a really stupid it was a penalty. I don't think it was him who handballed it, but just a, a, you know a stupid kind of sideways pass in his own area that that played his his defensive partner into trouble, and they ended up handballing it. I think I think yeah. um, little things like that, which maybe also goes back to that overconfidence thing. I think that, you know, the one with Dembele the other day, arguably you could say, well, you know, it's fair enough to assume that Dembele isn't going to be able to to make such a good turnaround to you the, the way he's yeah. been playing the last couple of years. But, yeah, it's those little things. And, you know, that might be something that people would point to and say, well, that proves that he's not ready for Arsenal. But, you know, I think any defenders are going to have moments like that. Um, generally, I think he's he's been very good. I, you know, I mentioned that not not scoring enough goals for me that's the one thing and and maybe it's another reason why there's often comparisons drawn with Varane because I think early in Varane's career and every French person will, will immediately point to the way he was bullied against Hummels in the World Cup quarterfinal in 2014 and maybe it's unfair that his reputation was built on that for a while but um considering Saliba's height and body strength, you'd expect him to be a little bit better in the air, both defensively and on the attacking side. And um, obviously, maybe it's a bit of a stereotype, but you kind of think of um, English or centre-backs in the English game as needing mm. to be more commanding in the air than, than than those abroad. So that's something he could work on. And, and again, Varane's massive improvement across his career in that area is something that he could sort of take inspiration from but they're all things that he can improve on because he's got all the the basics that you'd want from a defender plus as you said you know it's not just the clearing into Rosette that he can do but he can you know play football as well off the field, uh, the Nice loan was peppered with like interviews and, 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 I mean, little nuggets for journalists to kind of grave onto, I suppose. But the Marseille's been different. He, he does seem more mature. Uh, he does not seem as eager to, to kind of speak openly about his difficulties at Arsenal. And when he is asked about Arsenal, he kind of just deflects the question and talks much about kind of he just wants to focus on Marseille. He's happy at Marseille right now and he wants to deal with that. The information from our side of things, the London has reported, by, by Chris Wheatley and Karkarnak has been that the intention is for him to return and to integrate into the Arsenal team. The Athletic have reported that the club should be looking at this point to try and renew his deal because he'll only have two years left at the end of this season. Do you 
get the sense that he's a player that is playing for uh, his future at Arsenal? Or do you think he's a player that's just kind of focused on the here and now and whatever happens will happen? Because he's not going to be short of, of clubs that are going to be wanting him in the summer, that's for sure. I think it really... Firstly, in terms of interviews, I, I agree with you. I think, I don't know if it's maturity or frankly boredom to an extent, because he's just mm. always being asked that. And, you know, certainly after, with the Nice thing, I think he probably was unsettled at that time and, you know, just parachuted in midway through the season to a struggling team. I can understand probably why he felt a bit miffed, but this season there's a bit more certainty knowing right from the start he was going to be at Marseille for the whole year probably knowing right from the start the defence was effectively going to be built around him. So you yeah. can understand why he's sort of happier in his, his personal situation. And then in terms of next season, he hasn't given any indication that he doesn't want to return to Arsenal. But, it, yeah, it depends on what, what his priorities are. Are they, you know, set down roots and begin to build that career? Or is he going to be thinking, well, if Marseille qualify for Champions League and Arsenal don't, do I want to be sort of exposing myself to Champions League at this stage? It might improve my chances of getting into the France squad. Um, I saw a rumour last week, for example, Real Madrid. Is, you know, is that yeah. going to turn his head? So I think it just depends where, what, what he wants his next stage of, of his career to be. Um, just kind of lastly on, on that kind of thing, the Marseille transfer ban, you'll know better than me. Could you just, for the listeners that are out of the know, is this something that will affect them this summer? Because there's obviously a process going on at the moment and an appeal we imagine would be in. But what is what is the latest with that that could block, say, Marseille from making a decision in the summer? So at the moment, um, they're appealing and mm. they're a big name club. They'll probably get away with it. But um, <laughs> it's to do with the, the transfer of Pap Gay, who was supposed to go yeah. to Watford and ended up going to Marseille. So they've got, a, I think it's a two transfer window ban starting in the summer. To be honest, I've I've tried to find the answer to this and I haven't found a clear answer in terms of yeah. Saliba and Guendouzi. I would have thought that what, if whatever deal, you know, purchase option or whatever had been done in the past, then that should still apply. Yes, the same as Kovacic at Chelsea when they had their ban, they still activated the clause despite it being in a window where they were banned from signing players. So yeah, well, I imagine Chelsea, Chelsea are a bigger name than us. Than uh, oh, Marseille, oh, I you didn't slip. No, no, Freudian <laughs> <laughs> slip. Bigger name than Marseille, so they get away with a bit more. Yeah, no, very true, very true. It's, you mentioned Genduzi there. Just kind of touching on before we wrap things up. It, I always said when he was at Arsenal, I was never really sure what he was at Arsenal. Like I, I couldn't see him as an out-and-out six. I couldn't see him doing enough in the final third. But at Marseille, he's been integral to them this season. And I think Arsenal will definitely regret kind of the figure that's associated with, which I think is around £9 million, um, the, the obligation for, for Marseille to buy him at the end of the season. He, he has been pretty fantastic, hasn't he? He has. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a, as you know, I'm a Brighton fan, so Ooh. I feel like almost, you know, we're responsible for all of this. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to come to a head to that that sort of flashpoint with Mopé. Um, I don't think there was ever any disputing that he was a, you know, he's a talent, and it was always sort of about temperament. I think, and yeah. you know, there's there have still been moments. There was a point where there were there were a lot of stories about how the Marseille dressing room had had enough of his attitude and you know yes, walking yeah. around like 
passing judgment on other players as if he's in you know completely different class and he expects better from them that kind of thing and again that's something that you could look on the other side and say well he's got high standards of his teammates there's nothing wrong with that um but i guess the bottom line is that this season again under the system that, that sam Paoli plays a lot goes through him and and um, I think the the match the other day where they were two 0 down after ten minutes, arguably it was sort of his will to win that, that sort of changed changed the match. And um, it might be that Marseille is the perfect fit. It's one of those places where sort of you know your hot heads like Balotelli's and people like that are mm. either going to you know sink or swim, and he's definitely swimming there. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think. As long as he does keep his head together, wherever he ends up, nine million is an absolute steal for him. He's a better than a nine million player. It's yeah. just the what's between his ears, and you know we're seeing it again with Aubameyang. I, I I have no issues personally with Arteta taking a hard line, but possibly in Guendouzi's case, I can't believe it just came down to the Brighton. Match. No, as far as I'm aware, it was more than that. And there was also a, a, an incident when he was in a warm weather training camp with Arsenal behind the scenes of the details that we're not 100% sure, but there was issues and the multiple kind of opportunities for him to apologise for some of his past uh, discretions that he, he chose not to take up and then... Become you know, a politician he, as well. Then. Uh, yeah, it's, look, he was sent on loan to Hertha Berlin. The manager at Hertha Berlin suggested that there was maturity issues during that period. Uh, he wasn't highly sought after in the summer that he went to Marseille. Marseille took a, a bit of a gamble, to be honest, on, on the loan move and it's paid off massively for them and fair play to them for doing that. And Look, I, I do want to see him flourish because he is a, is a player with a lot of talent. I hope he gets his, screwed, his head screwed on properly. Um, and he seems to be doing that this season, to be fair. And he's got his kind of all of his energies focused in the right direction, which is certainly helping him towards what he's doing now. The, uh, and lastly, Jeremy, just kind of to round off this chat, I know it's been a very Saliba-heavy focused chat, but whilst I've got you here, Jonathan David is on the list of Arsenal strikers that they're looking at as possible replacements, long-term replacements for Lacazette and, of course, Aubameyang, who left in January as well. For Arsenal fans who have seen little to nothing of him, do you think he's worthy of kind of that £50 million price tag that we hear so much about? And the last time Arsenal obviously went big for a Lille player, it didn't necessarily work out as maybe many had hoped, but do you think there's a lot better chance of it happening with a player like Jonathan David? I think so, but I think it depends what, what you're looking for from him. I know he's got a great scoring record this year, but for me, he's not an out-and-out centre-forward. He's more yeah. a second striker. And so, actually, I think he'd be a very good replacement for a Lacazette, who's, you know, possibly his best role would be in sort of, yeah, maybe laying on goals for others, but also coming yeah. up with a decent return himself. Um, either playing sort of as a deep in the centre or coming in off a flank. I think he's quite versatile. Um, what I like about him is that there's been a clear kind of progression and learning curve. You know, he started at, at Lille, barely scored, if if at all, for the first sort of 10 games, half a dozen games, had a lot of people on his back, which I thought was really unfair because, again, a similar kind of thing. I think people were thinking... Ozymen's left, he's come in, we expect him to be an Ozymen. He never was that kind of player. But given time and playing with, for example, uh, Barack Ilmaz in front of him, he's been he's been fantastic. And mm -hmm. second half of the season carried them to the to the title. And this year pretty much has been carrying them when when everyone else has lost form. So um yeah, I, I like his mentality a lot. I think he's got the the physicality 
frankly also you know arguably the the language which is important to, to yeah, settle quickly in England um and I, th I think he could do well I think it's just a question of what you want from him and expectation don't expect him to hit the ground immediately running because he showed in France that he maybe needs a bit of adjustment time yeah and 50 million I'm awful at judging how much players should be worth in whatever markets and if we're going to compare him just to Pepe, I always, I I've always rated Pepe. No, I haven't. That's not true. At first, <laughs> um, at first when he was sort of just playing down the centre as an out and out centre forward, I didn't particularly rate him. And then at Lille, when he played sort of more down the flank, and um, I thought he was excellent. Um, but it did feel like just one year of excellence 80 million seemed like a hell of a lot of a risk for that amount mm. and while I still think he's good I think he is a little bit suffering because of that price tag so I think maybe David is sort of a, a David David I never know which one it is is a David I mean Canadian you'd think it would be David rather than the Spanish exactly. <laughs> he might be he's French Canadian maybe when he plays in France sure. he's David. when he's in England maybe. He's David, maybe. yeah very true I think he's probably got not necessarily a higher potential but I sort of feel feel that you'll get a lot more consistency from him you know what you see is what you get and it won't be sort of one match where he's absolutely unplayable and then five where he goes missing i think you know he'll always give his all and and come good with time but um yeah it's a question of expectation and and not putting too much pressure but then you know lil brought him in for a lot of money and as i said it took a little bit of time but he's thrived so i think he's maybe got a slightly better temperament yeah i agree um i think that all of my kind of when we look at doing the summer window predictions and that it's, it's never been, I've wanted Jonathan David, but it's not been him alone. It's been with someone like a Patrick Schick and combining those kind of two figures together and, and what they would bring to the Arsenal team. And as I agree with you hundred percent about the Lacazette comparison, he kind of fulfills that, that style of striker, but could add more goals and more creativity uh, and more longevity, of course, with, with such a young age too. Jeremy, thank you so much, mate, as always, for having a chat. I know we love a good chat about French football, but tell people where they can see you typing about French football over on socials and your websites as well. So I don't type enough on websites. So um, <laughs> if you want to see the well, typing, Twitter, you do. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, at, at Twitter at JeremySmith98 and then um, more reliably heard podcasting on uh, French Football Weekly at the moment. Lovely stuff. Uh, yeah, at JeremySmith98 on Twitter. Uh, you can find myself at Tom Cantor Media and at the Arsenal Way N5 if you want to follow us over there. We'll be back with more Arsenal content leading up into the Wolves game where we finally are giving that reprieve from the long layoff of Arsenal football. Uh, but in that time, you know, you can catch up and watch a lot of the Marseille highlights to see how Saliba has been getting on. We will see you again very soon. Do drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the Arsenal way if you haven't done so already. See you soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,